We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. Good morning, church. Are you all happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Man, I haven't, I haven't asked that question for a long time. <laughs> I'm Pastor Lou Reyes, and I'm one of the associate pastors of the table, and I'm happy to be here with all of you today and to deliver the message of our God for all of us. As we begin, I'd like to read a passage from the book of Matthew, um, chapter 28. I'd like to request everyone to please stand as we give honor to the reading of the Holy Scripture. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let us all pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful and amazing opportunity that you have given to us to come together, to sing praises to your name, to glorify your name, not only as individual Christians, but collectively as a church, as the table. And Father God, we just pray that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your voice and our spiritual hearts and our spiritual eyes to see your face. Father God, we thank you. And we thank you, Lord, that even before we step inside this building, you are already filling this place with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for always coming before us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. You may now be seated. God... The Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to tell you and me that He loves us, that He cares for you and me. Whoever you are, whatever you are, God says, I love you, and I sent my Son into this world to tell you that. In fact, Jesus Christ came into this world to die for you and for me, carrying the sins of this world, all of our sins. He was the substitute. He was dying on the cross of Calvary, thinking about you, thinking about how much He loves you. And God the Father sent Him to all of us just to tell you, I love you. This is the goodness that all of us Christians, all of us believers are carrying. We are the bearers of the goodness of God, and that is about the salvation of all men through Christ Jesus Christ, and that is when God sent him into this world. And what are we going to do? 
with that good news? That's the question that I want all of us to ask ourselves. What do we do with this story that we know? The good news rests on the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, His burial, and His resurrection. And in our passage, we can see that when Jesus Christ resurrected on the third day, He had something very important to tell the people who were following Him. He had something very important to tell His best friends, His disciples. And He told them before ascending into heaven, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And this is the very mission of the church, to tell the people of this world that God loves them and that we are here as the extension of God's kingdom in this world. And as we continue, I'd like us to imagine the beauty of God's great garden. Do you know the great garden of God? The Garden of Eden. Imagine the beauty of God's great garden. In this garden, two trees will capture our attention. One is a tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the other is a tree of life. The Bible tells us that the most beautiful, wonderful, and amazing tree in the Garden of Eden was the tree of life. And that's very obvious. Amen? And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, that this tree has been transplanted to heaven. But do you know that there is also such thing as walking trees of life? Although we know that the, the, the tree of life the tree that is giving life, the life-giving tree is in heaven, there is also such thing as walking trees of life. And walking trees of life are to be found everywhere, all across the globe. And this is what the Bible has to say about them. Walking trees of life are the righteous people. Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And those who are wise save souls. The person who is wise saves souls. If you are a Christian, you are made righteous because of the righteousness of God in you. We are wise because of who God is because of the God who is living in us. And therefore, we are the walking trees of life. And these walking trees of life are being grown and nurtured in Christian homes and in Christian churches like the table. And you are blessed because you have an amazing church. You are part of an amazing church who help one another to grow in Christ, to grow more and more in love with Jesus Christ. And we are here to help one another. But our responsibility as the walking trees of life is to tell the people of this world about the goodness. What makes us different? What makes us love other people despite of who they are? That's our mission as a church and even as individual Christians to tell the people of this world that God loves us. We Christians are called 
to evangelize. We are all called to make disciples. We, each one of us, are called to proclaim the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ that He brings into this world. That is what Christmas is all about. It's about Emmanuel. God is with us. It's about God telling us that He loves you and me, the righteous are the walking trees of life and their influence on earth just like the fruits of that tree supports and nourishes the spiritual life of many do you think you are a walking tree of life do you think you are a source of encouragement a source of love a source of life to someone else to someone around you because that's our calling, that's our mission. As people who believe in God, as people who follow God, that's our mission. We are to become witnesses. And let me tell you, the more we proclaim the goodness, the more we speak of it, the harder it's gonna get on our part. But because of the empowerment of God and the Holy Spirit living in us, it is all made possible. Because right now, when you speak of the gospel, people will begin to read you as the only Bible they have. As a nurse, I'm a registered nurse aside from being a pastor, at least in the Philippines. When I deal with patients, I always use my five common senses. I mean, five senses. Sense of sight, sense of see, uh, hearing, taste, smell, to know what's wrong, to know what the problem is. And as the people of, and the people of this world are going to do the same thing when they deal with us are they seeing the light in us being the light of this world as Christians do people see the light in us do people hear the overflowing goodness from our heart through our mouths do they taste the saltiness in our life for us who are called to be the salt of this world? Do they also smell the fragrance of Christ in us? And do they feel the love of God in us? Because let me tell you one thing, we are worshiping an invisible God. The people of this world will not see God, but you and I are the extensions of, of the kingdom of God. We are the hands and feet of God in this world, and we are the visible people that the world could see where people will feel the love of God, where people will see the light. But if we don't shine for Christ, if we lose our saltiness, what good are we for? And it's just amazing that, was it yesterday? Yesterday, the table joined the kids' fest, and we were there as a church. We were there as the extension of God's kingdom. The people is not only feeling the invisible church, but people during that uh, yesterday could see the church being so visible these are people who care for this community these are people who loves us who love us and they're here for us <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord isn't that amazing but sadly as we look around us i notice that one of the greatest lack of Christian churches that do not grow is evangelism. 
And this situation makes me ask questions like, what have caused this loss of passion for souls? Why have programs and so many other activities replaced passion for loss? Why are there so few soul winners in local congregation? It's as if we leave the job of reaching out to people, to the pastor and everyone in leadership. But all of us as a church share the same responsibility. Jesus Christ, as he was talking to his disciples, was also talking to you and to the generations and generations of Christians to come. We have the same mission. We have the same mission. And that is to reach out to lost souls, to proclaim the goodness, and to tell the people of this world that God loves us. Have Christians now become ashamed of the gospel? We could easily flex our cars, our house, our talents and gifts. But why is it hard for us in this time and age to flex the, per the very person we are in a relationship with, Jesus Christ? It's not about religion. It's about having this personal, intimate relationship with Him. And if you are proud of that, if you are not ashamed of God and of the relationship that you have with Jesus, wouldn't you want other people to know about it? When my daughter was born, I couldn't contain the joy I had in my heart. I was not ashamed of my daughter. Her name is Louisa. My name is Lou. That's very obvious. <laughs> when she was born, I called my mom, I called my friends, and I posted on Facebook. Because I was so proud. I am now a father, and I'm proud of my daughter, and I'm also proud of my wife. If you are not ashamed of somebody, you will never hide that person. But the sad thing is many of us, we schedule Christianity. On Sunday, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to tell everyone at church, I'm a Christian and I love God and God loves everybody around me. But on Monday, uh-uh, I'm not. I'm a nurse, period. I got to work and I work to earn money. That's a sad thing. And that's why many Christian churches don't grow because we have this mentality that only pastors and only church staff and leaders have the responsibility to reach out to people. But for all of us who believe in God, we have all been changed and transformed by the love of God. And if you have experienced the love of God and its ability to change you and to transform you from who you were to who you are right now, when God met you from where you were to take you ultimately to where you are right now or to where you should be, wouldn't you want other people to also experience the euphoria of having this amazing relationship with Jesus Christ too? Isn't it selfish if we keep it to ourselves? We got to spread it. We got to tell people about our relationship with God. Now, I want to tell you all the disciples that Jesus Christ was talking to when he commissioned them, when he told them about this mission. And let me tell you, I know it's not easy to tell somebody about the love of God, about this message we're talking about. People tell me, Pastor Lou, that's a very hard thing to do. And I tell them it's not hard, it's impossible. 
In fact, we are not talking about a mission possible here. We are talking about an impossible mission. This is something you cannot accomplish with your own strength and ability and gifts. This is something that, is, that God is able to make you accomplish through the blood of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit so that next time you doubt yourself, telling yourself, I cannot reach out to people, let me tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell because you are able to do so because God is able. Amen? If you believe that, let's cover hands to our God. Can you say that I am able because God is able? Not your own strength, not your own ability, not even your own love, but it is the love of God in us, the righteousness of God in us, and the Holy Spirit that we are able to reach out to lost soul. Now with your own strength, you are going to be burnt out at the end of the day. You need God in accomplishing this impossible mission that He has made possible. Now, we have a mission possible. Hallelujah. I want to talk about this, the disciples. The disciples were so messed up at the time God commissioned them. Jesus Christ just died on the cross of Calvary. And at that time, everybody left Him. He was alone on the cross of Calvary carrying the burdens of our sins. Peter denied him, not once, not twice, but three times. How would you feel if your husband tells his friends that you're not even married? Thomas even doubted the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't want to mention Judas. But let me tell you, these are all messed up people. So if you think God cannot use you because you're messed up, that's another lie from the pit of hell. God is able to transform you and to use you to reach out to lost people. Amen? And your wonderful testimony is a great tool in reaching out to them. Let's talk about Paul. I'd like to read this passage from the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, where he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God that brings salvation to all men. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. I like to repeat that phrase. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Can you repeat after me? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You only say that when you truly are not ashamed of it. Are we ashamed of the gospel of Christ? If we are not, then tell people about it. This is an amazing passage, a very encouraging one, especially if you find out who the speaker was. It's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was once an enemy of the gospel. This persecutor who rounded up Christ's followers and persecuted them intensely, this blasphemer who simply delighted in ridiculing the name of Christ, this violent man who was the ringleader among God's enemies, became an amazing and wonderful preacher of the gospel. He was a persecutor. He was a blasphemer. 
He hated God. He hated Christians. He actually went around and persecuted them. He was the leader. But he became a preacher of the gospel that he once hated. His conversion on the Damascus Road changed his life forever. And the Apostle Paul spent the rest of his life telling the people of this world that God loves them. He spent the rest of his life evangelizing people. You could actually place Paul anywhere, and he's going to tell you his testimony. Place him before political leaders, and he's going to tell them of the love of God. He was in jail. He was in prison. And Paul would sing praises and pray until he wins the jailer to Christ. And look at us having all the convenience of the internet, the Bible, no persecution at all. And still we are so ashamed of it. We don't say we are, but the way we live, it seems like we are. At least we are a Christian on Sundays, which is kind of sad. Christianity is not something we schedule. Christianity happens Sunday to Sunday. In fact, there is more Christianity to be done outside the church, outside this building, more than being inside. Christianity is when you step out of the door and live a life according to the will of God, according to His standards, not when, not when we are here. And how are we responding to this mission that God has bestowed upon us? to this holy task that God is telling us to do. The mission possible that we have, proclaiming the good news into all the world, we have to evangelize using all means possible. Oftentimes, I get asked the question, so Lou, you want to be a missionary someday with your wife, with your family, when do you want to do that? And I always have the same response. Right now. When I was younger, my home was my mission field. When I was in college, my school was my mission field. When I was at work, my company and co-workers were my mission field. Now I'm here, I work at Amazon. It's impossible to talk to people. But because God is the God of possibilities, He makes it possible for me to reach out to people. And sometimes I don't even have to say a word. I always say thank you to everybody. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for cleaning. Oh, thank you for changing the tissue paper. And one time a lady asked me, why do you always say thank you? I just want to appreciate everybody. You don't have to say that we're only doing our job, but you're doing a great job. And then we started talking about, oh, that's why you say thank you all the time. You go to church. But I initially didn't tell them I was a Christian. And sometimes we just have to show them what Christians are really are. Because our actions and the way we live our life, that's what they're going to read. Once you start proclaiming the goodness, once you start telling people that you are a Christian, let me tell you, you have to start harmonizing your faith and your walk. 
your creed and your conduct, your profession and your behavior, they have to jive together. You can say, I love, do you guys know kimchi? Kimchi is a Korean food. You can say, I love kimchi three times a day and not even eat kimchi. You know what I'm saying? I love Korean food. Have you ever had one? No. I had McDonald's, but I love kimchi. Yeah, have you ever had one? And that's how it is for, for, for many of us. I'm not saying you guys are those people, okay? I don't know you guys personally. This is between you and God. But how are we responding to this mission? I want to show you this picture. August 4, 2008, that's when I became a Christian. I was the only Christian in my family. I was in college when a friend invested so much of his time and energy helping me in my faith. I was so stubborn. I used to drink. I used to smoke. I tried out so many things until I met God. August 2008. The following year, February 2009, I said, I don't want to just keep this to myself. I want to tell my family about the goodness. I shared the gospel to my parents. While watching the TV, I turned off the TV and said, Mommy, Papa, I want to tell you something. And guess what? I almost got kicked out of the house. <laughs> my father told me, you don't get to tell what we, what we want to believe. You're the youngest in this family. He was so angry that he drove away. But my mom told me, just being a mom, even though she didn't like what I said, just being a mom and being kind in this time, but not now. A few months after, I shared the gospel to, one, to my siblings one by one, and they said the same thing. I appreciate that you're doing that, but don't ever expect me to believe what you believe and to go to the same church you're going to. And after that, God gave an impression in my heart. Lou, never speak of the gospel again. Because from now on, I want you to live it. It was so hard. I was in college. I was attending two churches. I was under the authority of my parents. I had to do what they, to what, what they tell me to do. But I was continuously witnessing to them, telling them that God loves you by doing the dishes, doing the laundry, sweeping the floor, cleaning the house. And one time my mom told me, wow, my room is like a hotel. And I cleaned, I cleaned the rooms every day. It went on six long years. It was hard. I was paying for my own transportation. I only have $3 a day to go to college. That's 150 pesos. I'm from the Philippines, by the way, for those who do not know. I'm a Filipino. I'm not Hispanic. I get it a lot at work. Like somebody would speak Spanish to me, and I'm like, no habla español. I'm Reyes, but I'm Filipino. I'm Asian. <laughs> um, where was I? <laughs> I was witnessing to my parents. It was six long years. It was hard financially. But then I said, I'm going to study hard. Maybe in this way, I'm going to win their hearts. I studied hard. I passed the board exam for nursing, and I was in the top 30, the whole of the Philippines. It still didn't work. Until such time, I changed my prayer. Lord, if you can save my family right now, just save my future family. I was praying for Sarah and for Louisa when I was in college. I didn't know them, 
But I was already praying for them. I said, God, if you can save my mom and my dad and my siblings, save my wife and my children. And then God finally answered me. And you know what he told me? You were praying so small. My plan was not for your mom and dad, not only for your siblings, but for your entire family. And in the Philippines, when you say entire family, clan. Look at this picture. Todd asked me, is that your family? I said, yeah. This is my family and this is my church back home. In 2014, I told my mom, mom, can you come to church and cook for everyone because it's my birthday? She came bringing all of my relatives, my siblings, my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunts and uncles, my cousins, our neighbors, my friends. And since then, they never left the church. Six long years of telling them that God loves them with the way I live my life. And God helped me. It was all God, not me. Let me tell you that. It was all God. My mom who told me they can go to the, the same church I'm going to and the same father who told me that he didn't like what I said is the same people who are helping me in the ministry. My mom cooks for hundreds of people every week. That's not a joke. She feeds the whole church every week. Not even, he, she never missed, not even a single Sunday. My father would pick up people, carpooling, just to bring people and families to church every Sunday. These are the same people I, had, I stopped hoping for. So let me tell you one thing. If you are reaching out to somebody, a neighbor, a friend, a child, a mother, a father, don't lose hope because God is working. Amen? God is working in their lives. Our responsibility is to plant seeds in, the, in people's hearts. The success of witnessing is simply sharing the gospel to people and leaving all the results to God. This is my church. Believe it or not, 80% of my church population are my family members. My grandparents never had a religion. And my grandfather and my grandmother, they, they both died already. They spent the rest of their lives inviting people to come to church. My grandfather had prostate cancer. He couldn't walk nicely, but he would walk house to house and telling everyone, you got to go to church. My grandson is the pastor. By the way, my mom didn't know I was already pastoring when, he came, when she came to church. Our God is able to make wonderful things in everyone's life. And I want to show you another picture. I know there's a lot of barriers that could maybe hindering us from reaching out to people. Language, culture, social cultural, or whatever barrier we, there may be. But look at this picture. Can you find my wife? That's my wife over there. She does not know how to speak Tagalog. But she was with me doing all of these outreach programs and ministry in the Philippines. She was reaching out to Filipino kids who could not speak English as well. And my wife could not speak Tagalog too, and they were looking at each other. What are you saying? There's a barrier. But you know what? Love 
is a universal language that everyone can understand. When I was watching her, this is not the first time, all the time we went out together, I knew then I married the right person. You may not, we may not be speaking the same language, but because our God is able to break through all these barriers, you are able to reach out to people. We have a wonderful, diverse community in this area. And I believe, how many are we now? 50? Invite somebody next week, we're going to have 100 people. And I have a vision, many people will be standing outside because there's no room enough for everyone. Amen? Amen. Only if we will let God use us to accomplish His mission. I'd like to show you another picture. This is our compassionate ministry, ministry team. Believe me or not, I was the only Filipino here. They didn't speak my language. There's one, there are people from Myanmar, from Vietnam, from the USA, from Bangladesh. Where else, Sarah? Yeah. Singapore. China. But because they knew the love of God, they were able to speak the language of heaven, which is love. They couldn't say hi in Filipino, but they were able to say God loves you with their actions. They prayed for everyone. They prayed for everyone. And they gave stuff to everyone. And it is because God is moving in this community. And this community is just right at the back of my parents' house. And God is still moving in that community. And is still continuing to transform it. So I just want to say... That the goodness is the very message that we all carry. The gospel is about God loving this whole world. Romans 5.10 says, God demonstrated His love towards us. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did not die because we are nice people. He did not die because we are kind. We are lovable people. He died because we are sinners. And because God loves us. And that's how God demonstrated this love for us. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. All means everyone, even me, being the very person standing in the pulpit. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Oh my goodness. I'm a sinner and now I deserve to die. But because of the goodness we carry, the verse continued, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's the gospel. If we rejoice in all of the gold medals that the USA is winning in the Olympics and we post about it on Facebook, we can also do the same thing for Jesus Christ, winning not gold medals, but winning lost souls. The gospel is very much well written in the Bible. John 3.16, we all know this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen? 
We have a Filipino family here aside from me. We have the Mullins. I want to say it in Tagalog, in Filipino. Sapagkat gayon na lang kamahal ng Diyos ang mundo na ibinigay niya ang kanyang bugtong nanak na kung sino may sa kanyang manampalataya ay hindi mapahamak bagkus magkakaroon ng buhay na walang hanggan. Amen. In Spanish, porque de tal manera amo Dios al mundo que dado a su hijo unihinito para que todo aquel en el crino se pierda mas tenga vida eterna. Amen. In French, never mind. I don't speak French. But I want to tell you something. I've got a vision for this church. This is going to be a well-diverse church. This is a church. This is going to be a church where different language will be spoken. Different tongues will be worshiping God all at the same time together. This is a very good location. And you have wonderful leaders. You have a wonderful pastor, Pastor Brad. He has a lot of vision for this church. You know what this is? This is a salt shaker. We are the salt of this world. This salt shaker is this building. It's the church collecting us together. And you know how it functions? It functions by shaking the salt. Not to say, not to stay inside the salt shaker, but to stay out. To go out and make disciples, baptizing people in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, proclaiming the goodness about the salvation of man through Christ Jesus. If we stay in the salt shaker, nothing's going to happen. No one's going to taste the saltiness in our lives. This church is doing a good job in shaking every salt into this world. And that's you and me. Amen? As I close, I just want to tell you what a great person would always say. It's just unfortunate that I never met this person. But I hear stories about him a lot. You know why? Because I'm married to his wife. I mean, my, sorry, his daughter. That, that didn't come out well. I'm married to his daughter and his wife is my mother-in-law and they tell me all the time my father-in-law would always say remember Jesus loves you do you want to be remembered to as the person who tells everybody that Jesus loves them you better start telling them now that Jesus loves them may God bless us all Next week, I'll be back. If you want to know more about our mission possible at a bigger picture, I want to encourage you to come back and bring a family member or a friend with you. Thank you. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.